I know I've gone down the rabbit hole of thinking I needed to get everything right away, or there was this pressure to have your place look a certain way, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, but something to remember is it's not a race. It's not a competition with anyone else. Wait, what do you mean it's over? Hello, how can I help? Hi guys, welcome back to Parties Over Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Liz. And what did we just do? Spin class, as usual. Last one outside. I know, I'm really sad. That means that summer is really over. I'm so sad. I loved it outside. It was so much fun. I just posted a picture of, like, the bikes on the view, and I was like, not to be dramatic, but this literally changed my life. (laughs) So dramatic. It's funny because I was talking to my boss today, and I was telling her how I keep saying, well, I'm not ready for summer to be over. Like, I'm not ready for fall. And then I'm just realizing, like, fall is going to be done now because like it's October so I should have just enjoyed it yeah I agree it's it goes fall goes so fast that's the reason I don't enjoy it is because it goes like in Maine we don't have much of a fall yeah I saw the full like foliage photo saying I'm like it's done like why why didn't I go see it yeah you got to see it driving up to Greenville I feel like that's like a good it's a good foliage drive yeah if it would have been a week later would have been really good. That's the perfect week. It's the last week of September. So how did you feel about Rev? Like the last week of, or not the last week, just doing it over the water? Was it inspiring? I don't know. Did it get you in your, in your feels? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I really liked it. I remember when it was first going to be outside and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it being in the light and like everyone can see me rather than being in a dark room. But then just having, like, the breeze and the great view, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get this done. And I never regretted it. And I went more often than it was the best spin routine I've ever been in. I agree. Obviously, the best one I've been in. It's the only one I've been in. (laughs) Um, Also, I feel like, I know, it's kind of ruined, though, like, other things for me. Because I'm like, oh, so now I'm just supposed to do spin in this sweaty room? Like, (laughs) At least they're moving to, like, a new location, so that will be exciting. Yeah, not even not even just their, like, spin. Like, all spin classes in general. I'm like, oh, Thompson's Point has ruined it for me because it's so great. Definitely. Um, What are you doing this weekend? This weekend. So when you guys will hear this, it'll be the weekend before. We're going to be celebrating one of my friend's birthdays. It would have already happened, so she won't be – this won't ruin the surprise for her, but it's kind of a surprise in her boyfriend – booked an airbnb since he couldn't be around for a birthday weekend and um asked us to kind of set it up yeah i know i'm like oh my god brownie points right there so if there's any guys listening to this wondering what to do for their girlfriends for their birthday or for something is buy them an airbnb for them and their friends that yeah, is their friends like you don't even go you just buy it yeah. for them for friends because <laughs> like sometimes that's really what you need you know i just realized i have an update what? I bought a wedding dress, guys. Oh, my God. That did happen. Yes, oh, my went. gosh, you guys. I am i can't believe I bought one. I'm, like, so indecisive that was you crazy. You tried on. What did you try on? Five? Six? Yeah, five, I think. Maybe six. Uh, it was a great experience. I went to Blush in Portland. 
and they did a great job. She was like really helping me figure out what I wanted. Like she'd eliminate them. She's like, eh, you didn't seem that pulled to that. And she'd like take get rid of it. And I got a great deal on it because you guys know me. I love a deal. Um, and I did, I cannot believe this. Like I am like a sensitive, emotional person, but like not in front of like my family. Like I really try and not show that I have a heart in front of them. And I cried. I was so I was well, I was tearing up a little bit. I feel like they were all really good, but then when it got to the one that she actually got, like everyone was having the same feeling. Like then her mom was crying and Ashley was crying and then I'm like, Well, now I'm like tearing up a little bit because you knew that was the one she was gonna get. I yeah, it was wild. I did not ever, ever think I would be someone that cried at a dress. That was a great update. And This weekend, I'm going to go away to a friend's camp, and we're going to go up north in Maine and go, you know, do some fall things. So, that'll be really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I love the weekend getaways, Liz. Look at us. Look at us. All right, guys. So, we are so excited for this episode. We have Liz on the episode we'll talk a little bit about Liz on the episode this is gonna get really confusing I'm realizing right now we're gonna she's a way cooler Liz than I am even just the photos she sent over I'm like this girl is cool she has my dream apartment she does have a great apartment it's a loft like we'll have everything the show notes Instagram TikTok everything and you guys can get the real feel for the the uh, apartment it's it's really great She's going to kick off our first guest of our How to Adult series, which we're really excited about. And I feel like she's the perfect guest to have on for How to Adult because she's nailing it. Oh, I think she's nailing it. She's juggling what her job is and also all of these DIY projects and creating a really great space in her home. Yeah, her home is absolutely beautiful, which is something I feel like Liz and I really want to focus on on this episode because we're kind of currently starting to, you know, we've we're being in places more long term, whether it's apartment wise and uh, we're kind of in that transition from like, you know, college type low key cheap furniture decor that you're just using to get by to really trying to make our spaces like our homes. So uh, AK homemaking. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're she's we're really excited to hear what she has to say about that. And overall, she just does a great job. But let's uh, get into the episode with Liz. All right, guys, we are back with Liz, Liz Brown, not Adley. Uh, Liz is a home and lifestyle blogger who lives in San Diego, and I just found out in Little Italy, so super jealous. She lives in an amazing loft. If you follow her on Instagram, she shares a lot of practical tips and inspiration for creating a stylish home, the home that I've always wanted. I think Ashley agrees. (laughs) She also has TikTok and a blog, and she has a bunch of different DIY projects and recipes, life hacks, you know, all that jazz, and she's juggling a nine-to-five at the same time. So welcome to Parties Over Podcast, Liz. Thank you. So glad to be here. We are so excited to have you on. I first discovered Liz through TikTok. Uh, We know that I bring up TikTok once an episode, everyone. I haven't convinced Liz just yet to get on the app. But I discovered anytime I see someone that I'm like, they would be perfect for the podcast. I did that with Liz and I sent it to podcast Liz. And I was like, we have to get her on. She just has such great style. And you guys will really benefit from some of her. She's really nailing adulting is really what I'm trying to say here. 
Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so just out of curiosity, so what are you doing? What's your nine to five job? And how do you balance you do so much with TikTok, the blog, and just maintaining, I feel like, your life. You do a great job of balancing your time. What is that like? Thank you. Um, so that has actually been something that I've never actually always been good at. It's taken a lot of time for me to figure out what that balance looks like for me and my lifestyle. Um, as many you know, young women go through a lot of changes, whether that's like leaving school or getting you know a new job or moving apartments, whatever it is, like things will always kind of throw a curveball, and um, it's definitely taken some time, but I'll ex kind of explain how I got where I am. So I currently work at a uh, marketing company in San Diego. It owns basically health and wellness e-commerce brands. And my job as senior content marketer is to create all of the content for the brands that the company owns. And my job is to make sure that the, the content resonates with the customers, um, it can draw in new customers, and make sure that all of the content is optimized so that it's able to be found by people. Basically, my job is creating content. That's really what I do nine to five. At least now I'm, I'm more on like the management side of the content and not so much in the weeds on the creation aspect of it. But, you know, creation is really what is my passion. And that is why I started my blog to begin with, because I loved creating and I loved sharing ideas. And, you know, once my job shifted more to the management aspect of content, I still had that itch to create. And that's like I said, when I started my blog, working from home has definitely helped the balancing of the creation side for myself and for my job. But I just happen to also work a couple blocks away from my office. So even before pre COVID, having that work life balance was relatively a lot easier for me because I got to cut a lot of my commute time out because I think the biggest thing was learning how to compartmentalize. Once I was working at my nine to five, learning how or like kind of telling myself, okay, I'm going to be working today from this time to this time and focusing all of my energy during those times on work and then not really focusing so much on my personal content and my blog and my TikTok. I just have my time that I set aside for work hours. And then all the time that I have on the outside is really when I can have that freedom to create TikToks, create blog posts and Instagram content and things of that nature. It's been a, you know, a juggling act because I also have a fiance and we're planning a wedding and we have a dog and we also, you know, want to live a healthy, active lifestyle and still have a good social life. But I think the biggest takeaway I would say is just learning how to compartmentalize is the biggest aspect of being able to nail it because you can't really give 100% if your mind is also somewhere else. So if you're you know, working your nine to five, just focus 100% of your energy and focus on that. And then when you're not doing that and you want to focus on content creation, you can do that. But the other thing that I learned, too, is how to seamlessly blend the creation process with the natural flow of my life, which is very different than what I do at my nine to five. You know, with the nine to five, I work on a very large team and there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people. So that requires a lot of planning in advance, whereas the content creation and things that I do in my own life, it's taken me some time to learn how to just let the creation come organically with the moment instead of making everything pre-planned. And picture perfect, you know, sometimes it's just 
this is what it is and you're going to have to be okay with that. So I like, I like your DIY projects. It's probably something that you wanted to do anyways. Like I saw your brick wall one and you probably want to do that and then you can turn it into some kind of content that fits your personal brand. So I think that's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That was a fun DIY project. Surprisingly very affordable for a big wow factor. I just saw your one where someone asked you, like, how did you hang stuff on the brick? And you were yes. like, ooh, gotcha. <laughs> it's fake, yes. Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know or are not familiar, um, I have a loft. It's like a historic loft in San Diego. And, you know, the typical loft vibe is very industrial and cement, which is, for the most part, what my loft is. Um, we didn't have any brick, though, in our loft. And we had this big wall in our bedroom area and it just was so plain. And I was like, okay, what can we do here? This is just really not a vibe. And so we just put up some faux brick paneling. They're literally like giant plywood sheets from Home Depot. And I think they only cost like $35 a sheet. So it really was such an easy thing. You just kind of screwed it into the wall like you would with, you know, a picture. And I'm surprised the biggest wow factor, but everyone seems to think that it's a, a real brick wall, but it's actually fake. So it's always a, a fun little story when I have new guests in the loft. They're like, oh, I love the brick wall. And I'm like, they're fake. They're not real. It's like when you like get like, someone's like, I love your dress. And you're like, I got a deal on it. Like it was yes. like, guess how yes. much money or you're like, it has pockets. It's always like, yes, a yes. Surprise. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I wanted to touch on the fact that First, Liz and I can really relate to having marketing and being like in a creative job. We're both in marketing and we talk all the time how sometimes it can be so exhausting almost to be like creative every ounce of your day. How do you not get burnt out with creativity? I definitely do get burnt out sometimes. It's not easy whatsoever. In the early part of my career where I was really on the, at least on my nine to five, really heavy on the creation side where you know, this was before our marketing team grew to the point where it is now. I was at the time the only blog writer. I did have help creating, you know, the recipes and the back end stuff. But I will tell you, like my blog on the personal side was not thriving as much back then because that balance wasn't there yet because it's like, like it's almost like you get drained and you have that like mental draining. But I think what helped me as I was transitioning to wanting to invest more time in my own creation while also still having to do that at my nine to five was being able to give myself a break between the two. So thankfully, you know, the gym is close by our house. We can, you know, exercise or take the dog for a walk. Or I most of the time would make dinner when I get home because I love to cook. I cook most nights. Um, so as, as long as I have something to kind of break up my brain from, if that makes sense, like breaking up that consistency of my brain and getting some other stimuli happening, uh, it made it a lot easier to transition into something that you like. And another thing I learned too, for me at least, some people aren't morning people, uh, but you know, I like to get a lot of my creations done in the morning before my nine to five. That way I have made that commitment to myself that I'm doing something for myself before I give everything else to everyone. So doing at least one small thing in the early morning, whether it's a piece of content creation, sharing a TikTok, going to do your exercise, whatever it is, um, just kind of separating a little bit of time for you in the morning and prioritizing that makes you feel like you have already won a little bit something for yourself that day. Even if at the end of a workday you're exhausted and you have 
you know, no energy to do anything else, you can at least say you've done that one thing for you. We stand by that. We love- say, we've been talking about that so much recently. It's great that, that you agree. I know. I feel yeah. like I'm like, we're well aligned then. We're, we're on the same page there. Definitely. So I feel like the first thing I kind of want to get into style-wise is how to find what your style is. Do you have any advice on that? I know there's so many different, I don't know, right now I'm sort of like exploring with like, what is my style? How do I figure mm-hmm. it out? What is your advice for that? So the biggest piece of advice I can give on figuring out what your actual style is you know, I've been an avid Pinterest user since like it first came out in like 2011. And the one thing that's really cool about Pinterest is it actually, it's like a search engine for blogs, but it also kind of works like the TikTok algorithm where it filters your results based on the type of content you interact with. So when I first started figuring out like, what's my style? When my fiance and I moved down to San Diego, this is before we got engaged, we moved in together. And this was the first time he and I were going to be living together. And for me, it was like, okay, how do we blend my feminine style with some masculine touches? Because what I didn't want was to create a space that was clashing or to have neither one of us feel comfortable in the space because it was too gender specific. So I went on TikTok and, or not TikTok, I'm sorry, Pinterest and just started pinning things that I liked. And when I started started pinning things that caught my eye, whatever aesthetic it was, whether it was like a home decor style, an outfit, or just a mood, you know, like you get those pictures that you're just like, that's a, that's a vibe. Like, I just want to, I like that picture. Just start pinning it. And then over time, you actually start to notice a lot of the similarities between them. And then you kind of get an idea of like color palettes. For example, like one of the biggest things that people don't really consider when they're, what they're, style is is are they like a warm toned or a cool toned because like the warm tone and cool toned really can change the vibe of your entire space so i happen to be a warm tone so you'll notice all of my like decor everything has like yellowish creamies undertones instead of like those cold silvery blue tones a lot of times those cool blue tones can be associated with like really modern and chic or like really relaxed and zen Um, Whereas like the warmer tones and are more like inviting and cozy are associated with more like eclectic styles or bohemian styles. So even starting out with like, do you feel, you know, most comfortable with like a warmer tone or a cool tone can be a great indicator on what style you're actually like resonating with a little bit more. That's a great tip to get started. Also, I'm about to be moving. So apartment hunting a little bit with my boyfriend. And I feel that like trying to combine our styles were I feel like he doesn't have much of like an apartment style, but he has things that he likes to have up. And I'm like, how can I mix this with the things that I have? Yeah. So I love that. It can definitely be a struggle. And I know for firsthand when, you know, my fiance and I first moved in, I mean, when we first started dating, all he had in his apartment was a futon. And I was like, all right, I don't think this is going to be a problem trying to blend styles. I feel like I need to really take the lead here. I'm like, so that's pretty much my style at this point. (laughs) I had to tell my fiance that the uh, jerseys were not going to be making a debut in the living room anymore. Like all the the helmet from high school state championship. I'm like, that's going to... You're gonna have to save that one day when you have like an office. That, that's gonna have to put away. <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend or uh, fiance, he has uh, he played professional baseball, so he has a lot of his like rings and awards and stuff like in the little office area. But we don't have you know rooms and doors and closets right. and things like that. So 
Um, you know, we're doing our best to display the things that he has. Uh, we also have his surfboard, which is a great accessory for our living room, but it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love your tip about the cool and the warm tones. I also like when you said pinning pin pictures that just like make you feel good. And I think that could even be like not even related to design at all. Just like pinning, mm-hmm. I don't know, like someone in a restaurant, but you like the colors or you like the style of the restaurant, whatever it might be, and kind of seeing what those do. Cause that can, I feel like bring inspiration that might not be like exactly, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't exactly. know. You might not be able to pinpoint exactly what it is by seeing one image. Um, but if you can see all of those images as a collective and see it as like a full like mood board, almost you'll yeah. notice those similarities. You'll say like, Oh, this has tons of like peach and tan and, um, earth tones in it like maybe I need to stick with more of an earth tone palette or you know it could be something where it's like oh I see everything has a lot of water elements there's a lot of water maybe I attracted to things that are a little bit more um, serene and relaxing and maybe like those water tones and it keeps your style unique to you because you're mm-hmm. not just necessarily trying to replicate a photo you're just like coming up with your own style I'm just relating it marketing wise I'm thinking of like I'll see a picture of something and like it's not necessarily like directly correlated to what I'm doing, but I'm like, oh, that would make a great color palette or whatever it might yeah. be. We had a graphic designer on and she was talking about seeing someone else's work and, and not copying it, but thinking, what could I do more with that? So like mm-hmm. grabbing one thing out of each photo and putting it together and making it your own. Definitely. And that's the other thing too, is like following people that you share the same styles with or you admire their style. Same with brands. And one thing that's really great about following brands is so much of their content is user-generated content. So let's say you love anthropology, you know, following their social media accounts will likely be, you know, posting people who also shop at anthropology. So you can get an idea of how people use the products and styles that you like in their space and then how you can make that space more specific to your style and more personal. Perfect. What would be your, Liz and I were talking that, you know, a lot of people in their like early 20s, getting out of college to mid 20s, they're kind of transitioning out of the, maybe like the hand-me-down furniture, the Ikea, getting you by through college type of furniture Mm -hmm. and decor in general. Kind of when did you start to realize like you wanted to slow and steady wins the race, not necessarily filling it up with the TJ Maxx knickknacks type of thing? Yeah. So I actually didn't really learn that lesson until not that long ago. I felt like the conversation surrounding home decor, at least what I was involved in, it wasn't really there. I wasn't really exposed to it in a way that made it approachable for young women who may be just out of college or just getting their their first jobs or, you know, struggle with steady finances. It was really hard for me to get started. Um, I know I've gone down the rabbit hole of thinking I needed to get everything right away, or there was this pressure to have your place look a certain way. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, but something to remember is it's not a race. It's not a competition with anyone else. And it's okay to not have it all right away. For me, once we moved into the loft, I realized I wanted to get my life together in an aesthetic that matched my fiance's. We didn't have anything that kind of matched in the house. And for the, actually, this is a really funny story. So when we moved here, we brought in my couch. I had a beautiful couch from Living Spaces and it really wasn't even that old. Um, we tried to bring it up. It was my fiance and his brother 
and they were trying to bring the couch upstairs. And if you guys know the iconic pivot scene from Friends, it was mm -hmm. literally that. Um, it took them an hour and a half to try and get this couch upstairs. And just long story short, it wouldn't make the final turn into the loft, like where the door was located in the hallway. It wouldn't make the final turn. So after like an hour and a half, we actually had to throw the couch out. I tried to sell it. No one would buy it. It was like, I was distraught. I was like, this is a beautiful couch. And I didn't know anyone. So it's not like I could call and be like, Hey, I have this couch. Can you guys like share it with everyone? I didn't know anyone when we moved here. So that was a loss, but that's tragic. Long story short, we ended up having to put it in like this alley because there was nowhere, no one would buy it. And we didn't know what to do with it. And um, the rain came, it was like the one time it rained in San Diego and it rained on the couch. So we couldn't oh. donate it at that point. I and wish then, I was closer, I would have bought it. I know, I know it would have been it my was style. So sad. But the tragic ending of that story really was, I think a homeless person stabbed it with a knife and just ripped it to shreds. And it was devastating to, to learn that. But we were actually, because of that, we didn't have a couch for like, three or four months when we moved here. Instinctually, you would assume, oh, well, they don't have a couch. We're just going to go buy a new one. When you're relocating and when you're still young, money doesn't grow on trees. We didn't really have the money to get a new couch. So we sat on pillows for like three or four months around our coffee table and laid on the floor and watched movies. Um, it was definitely a, not the most ideal situation, but it just kind of goes to show that no matter what, things That's aren't always what they seem and people aren't always going to have the money to go out and just buy things just because they feel like they need to have it. I agree. I love, first of all, that's like one of those stories that you'll like tell, you know, if you have kids someday or something like that, it's one of those stories like what, you know, we didn't always have everything handed to us. We used to sit on the couch, like sit on the floor. Yeah. That's like, you know, we walked uphill both ways or whatever. We're like, mm -hmm. we, I love that. Um, also, I feel like we can so relate to the couch thing. That's such a struggle. I feel like with people our age is like a couch. Like no one has like their dream couch. I don't even know why I'm like so fixated yeah. on this, but yeah, um, I can totally relate to that. I mean, who wouldn't love a, just a beautiful, you know, good quality couch that has all the bells and whistles, you know, but I still, I wouldn't consider, we have a beautiful couch. Um, it was affordable at the time for us. I still think it's relatively affordable for people, especially if you have roommates and you guys want to pitch in to get a nice, it's a good quality couch, but you know, to say that it's my dream couch, I don't know about that. It's, it's a good couch. Yes. So with that being said, what are some recommendations for places to buy furniture? Um, places to buy furniture. So I will give a couple of tips on first, what I like to say, how to find great deals. And then this could be anywhere, like any, any place to get good deals. And then I'll share a few of my favorite places. So, so my number one tip would be to just sign up for email newsletters for basically all of your favorite retailers. Um, all, they will notify you when big sales and promotions are happening. And they'll oftentimes give exclusive discounts for people that are on the newsletter. So first and foremost, that's the one thing you should do is just sign up for all the newsletters of everything that you fits your style. Um, number two, this is like another tip that not, I feel like might not be well known, but I've been doing this for a long time. So when you're shopping online and let's say you find something that you really love at a retailer, but it, you don't really love the price tag on it. I like to copy and paste the name of, so copy the name of the item and paste it into the Google search bar. Um, cause what a lot of people don't realize those larger 
like companies that sell home decor, like Wayfair, All Modern and Overstock. Um, sometimes they're owned by the same company. They either sh or they share a warehouse or they all purchase the same similar items at wholesale and then sell them on their store. So I can't tell you how many times I've done that and found the exact same item sold at another retailer for cheaper. So I always try to do that. Um, and then another thing I like to do is similar to that is a, a reverse image search on Google. Um, and that is if are you if you're like okay with dupes or things that look similar um, when you you know, save an image to on your desktop or on your phone, and then you drag it into the Google search bar, it's going to pull up all of the places on the internet that have that image. So if there are other places that sell that image, maybe under a different name, you can still, you know, find it and see and compare the prices that way. So that's definitely something that I recommend trying out if you're shopping online, and you just find something that doesn't really fit your budget, but you really love the item and you want to see what you can do with it. The other thing I would recommend is not to be afraid of DIYing. I know there's like this stigma with younger people thinking that they need to have buy everything brand new and that having second hand isn't nice. And that's not the case at all. Like you can, there's so many amazing quality pieces that you can find second hand and they might not initially look like the best quality. You know, they might have a couple of nicks and scrapes and stuff, but there's, you know, nothing is not fixable if it's in relatively good condition. You know, you can you just make need it, a vision. Yeah, you need to have a vision. Um, you need to, you know, just try. You never know. Worst case scenario, you resell it and hopefully make more money after you've attempted to spruce it up. <laughs> I feel like I am such an advocate for DIY and like Facebook marketplace finds. Definitely. And just like typing into recently. Okay, I'm going to humbly brag about my favorite purchase in the longest time. I just got the two best chairs in the entire world from Facebook Marketplace. Vintage chairs. Oh, it's right Yes, now. yes, I was going to say, you're right sitting in it oh. right now. Ooh. Okay, oh, I yes. love it. Okay, two of those, $40. And it's like, you know, they don't make stuff like that. They and don't. People try and recreate it. And it's a quality piece. And it's just, there's nothing, uh, things like that. Or... You can just sand it down, whatever it might be, especially right now where like vintage and retro and stuff is so in just typing in vintage into Facebook marketplace and see what you find because right. someone that doesn't really realize like vintage is back in, they think like, oh, this is, you know, however many years old, what a piece of garbage. And you're like, mm -hmm. that is like that's in we love exactly that. what I'm looking yeah for. and the other thing too is when you find things secondhand and sometimes they only need a little bit of a touch-up sometimes they don't even really need that much but when you do that and you take the time to update whatever it is that you found you kind of build a sense of pride around that item and you feel like proud to have it and you're excited when you have guests you're like oh my gosh and, and then someone compliments you on it and you're like I got it like super cheap on like Facebook marketplace yes. and it used to look like this. Like, can you believe it? And it's like one of those things that helps make your home feel like personal, you know, because you now have a personal attachment to that item because you decided that you wanted to take a little bit of time, spruce it up a little bit, whether it's with like a coat of paint, sanding it down or restaining uh, re it, whatever it is. But taking that extra time to do that really does bring that sense of you know, pride and personal touch to your place. And if you have a significant other in your, you know, we did a quarantine project together and we sanded down this like desk. And now every time I look at that, I eat like, you know, part of me is like, oh, that was sweet. And the other part of me is like, that took so much work. <laughs> yes. That's the other thing too, is like, 
it obviously is something to do. It's something creative that gets you going. Um, it's great to do with your partner or with a friend. If you guys wanted to have like open a glass of wine and just like work on that and just kind of see where the whole project takes you. Um, we've started projects. Some projects didn't go as planned. Um, some projects got a lot messier than we thought, uh, <laughs> but in the end, like it all turns out fine. Yes. I'm going to definitely test out like the Google image search. I love that. That's such a good idea. Yes. I do that all the time. And like I said, it doesn't always bring up the exact item. Sometimes it'll just bring up similar items. So you'll Which see almost, almost, you're like, it's almost the same. You're like, yeah. oh, just like it, but it's like way more affordable. I love that. That's so. Liz, I feel like you're going to be really interested in this question, the renters. That's I was just about I to ask it. it. So I know that you do a lot of DIY projects, and I believe you're renting your loft. I am. Um, any tips for people who are renting an apartment and maybe don't love the way it looks, how to, like, spruce it up with, when it's not actually yours? Yes. So the first thing I would suggest um, – well, first of all, there's so many projects that you can do when you're a renter. Um, it just is a matter of – creative thinking. Um, but the first thing I would do before anything, if you are a renter is to just check your lease to see what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Um, and what you may be charged for before you move out. So for example, you know, our lease, they're going to charge us if we have lots of holes in the wall, um, we are going to be fine with patching those up. So just kind of learn what is your hard limit on what are you willing to fix? Um, if you don't want to deal with patching holes in the wall, then, you know, touching the wall with anything nails, um, probably isn't going to be a best fit for you, but just knowing what that limit is based on your lease um, is going to be a good starting point for you. But you'd be surprised how many landlords are actually okay with painting as long as you repaint it before you leave. If painting is not really a thing for you and you're not interested in painting, you can do kind of what we did. We did some remove, well, there's removable wallpaper for that. That is a thing. I don't know if a lot of people don't realize that that exists, but there is removable wallpaper. And we also have the removable backsplash in our kitchen. So the backsplash that we have, they're just like peel and stick adhesives that we got on Amazon and they were super, super affordable. And it was a very easy project and only took us like a couple of hours to do it. I was um, just about to buy those. So I'm actually glad to hear that you did that because I thought your backsplash looked really good. So thank you. Yeah, it, they're just peel and stick from Amazon. I would highly recommend them. And the one thing that's really cool about them is they are um, shiny on the outside. So if you do get splatter from food or cleaning, whatever it is, um, it comes off super easy. The adhesive is really strong. And from my research, you know, all you have to do is take a blow dryer to it when you're ready to remove it. And it releases the adhesive and then you just peel it right off. There's also other things that you can do too. Like we did the faux brick wall. That was, I think, one of the biggest differences in our place. There's so many things you can do, but the other things that you can do, I say that aren't necessarily like altering the actual space itself that do have the biggest impact would be getting area rugs. Even if you have carpet, area rugs, the really thin ones can make a space look totally different. Playing up with wall tapestries, mirrors, and wall art. Two of the pieces of art in my bedroom are actually, I DIY'd those. They were old art canvases that I had lying around. And I bought a wall tapestry from Society6 and wrapped it around to make it look like, because, you know, large pieces of art can be really expensive. And I didn't have the budget to buy a large piece of art. And the one in my bed, uh, the hallway, that one's also um, a wall tapestry that I kind of wrapped and built like a little frame for to make it look like a giant piece of art. 
but it's actually a wall tapestry that goes for like only less than $50. I think I got the wall tapestry for like 35. And then, um, and the other thing too, that makes a huge difference is plants. You would be surprised how big of a difference plants make in your space. And if you don't have plants or if you don't have a green thumb, there's so many different types of plants that you can get like dried pompous grass, which is super trendy, succulents. But yeah, those are some things that you can do easy to spruce things up without actually having to do any major projects. Um, but yeah, I would say anything you can do to the wall. Oh, and also curtains. A lot of people don't take advantage of curtains curtain rods and window treatments like those make such a huge difference and can instantly turn your house like make it really really cozy that's a good one I feel like curtains is a good one also I love the wall tapestry one because you know like we all have the old wall tapestries living from college that we had in like our our dorm rooms that we can now mm-hmm. repurpose into making it like wall art I love that yeah and it was super easy you just go down you get your dimensions kind of figure out what you want your frame to look like I just went to Home Depot and asked the guy to, you know, cut my pieces to whatever I needed. And I just kind of nailed them together. It was really easy. I love that. Okay. I think now what I really want to get into is just like organization tips uh, for, because it's one thing to have a beautiful space that's well decorated, but you can enjoy it if it's not you know, if it's a mess and it's cluttery, uh, what are your tips for organization and why it's important to stay organized? Yeah. So that's a great question because being in a loft, we don't have any doors or rooms. So we don't have a whole lot of options when it comes to concealing clutter. Um, we do thankfully have a hall closet. It's like a wardrobe closet that we're able to store a lot of items in. But getting organized when we first moved in here was really a challenge. But one of the things, I don't know, have you guys ever seen that show on Netflix called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo? Yes. Okay. So we watched that and we're super inspired because that really helped us. Because like with, you know, getting organized, there's almost two phases. Number one is decluttering. And then number two is actually organizing what you want to keep. Actually, I have a fun fact for you. So studies actually show there was a study done at Yale School of Medicine um, that said that discovered that the same part of your brain that's fired off when you experience physical pain. So like if you get a paper cut or if you stub your toe, it's trigger is triggered when you throw away an item that you own or feel connection towards. So your brain actually associates losing one of your valued possessions as something that causes you physical pain. And the more you're emotionally attached to an item, the less likely you are to to toss it, which explains why so many people have a hard time letting things go or keeping and holding on to clutter. And just like, that's how clutter almost accumulates. It affects your brain because you feel like you have this emotional attachment to it and you feel like this physical. I'm embarrassed. that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I learned that. (laughs) Yeah, I was writing a blog post about this. I don't know, maybe a year ago or so. And I read this statistic or this fact and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes, that explains so much. Because- I can't wait to tell my mom because she <laughs> always was like, you have to get rid of that. And I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. Oh so God. like once the clutter, I realized when we moved into the loft, how much junk we actually had. Um, when we moved here, we had so much junk. I actually had to get a storage unit and I was like, this can't be happening, Liz. You need to figure this out. Like you need to get your life right, get it together. So thankfully it was like serendipitous that the tidying up docuseries just came out on, uh, on Netflix. So we watched it. And for those of you who don't know what the concept is, 
Mari Kondo is a expert organizer and she has her own method. And one of the things that we did at least to get started was what we took her tips on the KonMari method basically is if you are going to, or let's just focus on the closet. Let's say you were just going to try and organize your closet, whatever it is, you would take everything out of your closet. You would pour everything out of your drawers, everything that you own, and you would basically put it in on the bed or on the floor. And that way you can see all of your stuff. And it's like, there's something about seeing how much you actually own. Right. And then what you would do is you would, you know, basically pick up each item and just select whatever it was one by one, and then determine whether or not that item sparks joy for you. And if it does, then you would keep it. If it doesn't, then you would donate it. Or if it's not in good condition, toss it. That really helped us because it really like, especially with clothes, you know, I feel like I was really bad at some point at like hoarding clothes. You know, you, you think, oh, I might wear this someday. Um, but when you are going through it like that and you see like, okay, how does this make me feel? Does this make me feel confident and sexy and comfortable when I wear it? If positive, you know, if I'm getting positive emotional feedback from that, then I'm going to keep it. But if I feel like, oh, this just like stresses me out, I feel uncomfortable wearing it, wear it or self-conscious, like I probably don't want to keep it because it doesn't spark joy. So that really helped us. We basically Mari Kondo'd our entire loft at one point. We did the closet, the hall closet, the kitchen, like pretty much everything. So that helped us get rid of the clutter. Organizing, well, first of all, before even organizing, getting rid of the clutter was huge for us because you realize how much stuff you're hanging on to. And it almost is like the stuff in the clutter is a metaphor for things that you're hanging on to. And when you get rid of it, it's like a weight has been lifted. You know, it's like that cleansing feeling like, yes, fresh start. Let's, let's do this. So once you kind of get that mood and that aura and energy in your, in your room or your house, um, then trying to figure out how to organize it. Um, there's another documentary on, I don't know where it's at. It might be on Netflix, but everyone's talking about it and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's called the home edit. Oh, I just recently watched it. They did, um, uh, Reese Witherspoon's closet. I watched that one. And yeah. I like, I've been wow, dying to, I need to go do my closet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think for us, at least getting organized, that is what's helped us, um, is finding a place for everything in your house. Um, especially for, for whether you're with a roommate, live with your partner, or if you live on your own, you know, if you share common space, like that's kind of the things that you really want to make sure have a home so that it's easy for everyone to locate things stay clean. And there's no excuse for people to say, well, I don't know where it went, you know, and that was a big thing for us is knowing, giving everything a place and figuring out, okay, where the, you know, where's the crockpot going? Where is these going? Where is that going? And then obviously you need to have some sort of like organizing system. So we actually just went and bought a ton of organizing bins from Amazon, pretty much everywhere. I found a ton at um, home goods, and I honestly, there, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, if this, if you guys are wanting to go like budget friendly, I would say avoiding going places like the container store. I feel like those places are really overpriced. Um, and you can find very similar items for way more affordable at places like, um, even the dollar store has some organization stuff, but yeah, knowing what you need to organize and then figuring out how you want to actually store it is the key to getting it done. And then you just have to actually do it. And that's, I think the biggest part too, is finding the time and forcing yourself to just get it done. 
I think for us, it took us a whole weekend just to Marie Kondo, the place, and declutter. And then like another weekend to just organize everything. Also back to like, I know we talked in the beginning about using the morning for something. And I feel like using the morning too to like maybe do the couple dishes that are in the sink from breakfast or like, you know, the night before or something like that. I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily think of the morning as utilizable. Is that a word? We can make the word even if it isn't. Useful. (laughs) Useful. Well, I I feel like a lot of people don't think of the morning as like a time that you're able to clean. Like they, you're running out the door, but I feel like that has really made a difference for us personally is like getting up and maybe throwing in a load of laundry before we go to the gym and then being able to switch it over after, or, you know, doing a couple dishes right before just things that you finding pockets of space and using them I think the more you think about things the more you're like oh the time I sent like spent debating should I do the dishes or not I could have finished doing the dishes exactly so I 100% agree with that and it's only recently when we really started prioritizing keeping the house clean because one thing at least in my house because we're in a loft um, it's really hard to keep this place clean guys it's not all what you see on Instagram it's most of the time it's a mess but one thing that for at least for us, it was just like, clean it when you're done with it. As soon as you're done with it, just clean it and put it away. And then I uh, have been, before I go to bed, loading the dishwasher and running the dishwasher at night. So we have clean dishes in the morning. And then I just make it part of my routine. Like after I have my morning coffee, I just put the dishes away and the house is pretty much ready to go. And then I just pick up the dog toys that have been, you know, thrown across the house. (laughs) I just wanted to ask you, just because of the fall season, if you had any like favorite fall recipes. It doesn't really go with a the theme, but I know that you write about recipes. And I share do. Them. I'm actually glad you asked because I have the best fall recipe of all time. So my grandma has been a baker, a great cook her whole life. She taught me how to bake. And I don't know if you guys saw, but my grandma's banana bread recipe went totally viral on TikTok and everybody was freaking out about it. And I haven't posted the video of her pumpkin bread. And this is my fall favorite, pumpkin bread. My grandma's pumpkin bread recipe. It's the most moist pumpkin bread recipe you will ever find. It is so good. The recipe is on my blog. I actually published published it last year. Um, I just haven't created a video for it. But my grandma's super moist pumpkin bread has always been my favorite recipe. I look forward to it every single year. I'm going to make that next week for sure. I've been craving something like that. Yeah, it's on my blog. I'll send you girls the link. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. So, okay, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, just TikTok related um, and like just kind of Instagram related. Mm -hmm. So what, just out of curiosity, what was like the video that, or, you know, when did you start to gain traction on TikTok? Um, Okay, so it's funny on TikTok when I first started, it was like, quarantine had hit. And I was like, I had people, you know, people were talking about it. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to join TikTok. And at first I used it as just like a, you know, a place to do like silly videos. If you scroll far, far back to the very beginning, you can see what I'm talking about. There's actually some really funny stuff back there, but um, <laughs> it wasn't until I realized how, cause I had never really utilized video as a form of content marketing. I really focused more on like imagery um, stories on Instagram and blog posts. So like long form writing. So for me, this was a really cool opportunity to like tap into giving people the most amount of value in the shortest amount of time possible. So that's when I really started creating my content on TikTok with intention of reflecting on my blog because I did not go into it 
thinking that I was going to love it so much and that it was going to be such a huge part of my, you know, basically my whole content marketing um, plan, I suppose. But I guess what really gained traction was if I can give any tips, it would be post regularly. I post once a day. Um, if you upgrade to the pro account, you'll be able to see some analytics. So you'll be able to see what are the most popular times that people are on your, uh, your TikTok, um, the types of content that people are liking. You'll be able to see your demographic, how much male versus female. Um, so you really learn a lot about your audience from that. So if you have a pro account, you can use that to get you started. But I post every single day. I always, I, I basically, I just kind of posted content that was authentic to me. I wasn't trying to do or be anything, try, be anyone that I wasn't, do anything that I didn't want to do. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of the stigma of, around TikTok, it's like, oh, it's just Gen Zers dancing, which is a lot of it is. Um, but I feel like over the last nine months, the influx of intentional content that helps people learn has completely exploded and it's amazing. Um, but I think the one video that really took off that for me, at least that made me focus like, okay, people actually want to see this. Cause that was the other thing too. I didn't know if people would care on TikTok about my home decor and my projects, because I assumed, you know, it was all young people and I was going to be like the old 31 year old, just chilling out there, like that everyone's going to make fun of. But I was surprised at how many people actually wanted to learn about this information. So I think one of my first videos that went viral was my uh, bed frame DIY. That one got a lot of traction. But I did have one last question for you, Liz, unless you had anything else. I think I got all the tips out of you that I wanted so far. Yes. So I know that you're engaged and um, I wanted to ask, do you have any wedding planning advice? Oh my gosh, yes. So... Ryan and I got engaged in uh, over Thanksgiving weekend of 2019. So it's been almost a year since we've been engaged. And all we've done, and I have to say this probably would have happened a lot sooner, but then COVID happened and it kind of affected our planning process a little bit. Um, I would say definitely join uh, a, one of those wedding websites. Like I'm on the knot. Like there's so many things that you don't think about with a wedding and knowing and having a full list from the experts of people, you know, that know everything about the wedding, it gives you a starting point. So you can say, okay, here's a list of all of the things that you need, um, all the things you need to budget for. And they give you all these amazing free tools, which is incredible. So that's basically what has helped me get started in terms of like getting the aesthetic and figuring out what you want. That 100% credit goes to Pinterest. I love Pinterest <laughs> so much. I didn't know what my style was for my wedding until I just started pinning things. And then I kind of realized what my theme was kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier about your, you know, just pinning things to find your personal style. Same thing works for my, my wedding mood board, but it's also funny because I looked back and I had, of course, I've been secretly pinning things on a secret hidden wedding board since like 2011, <laughs> uh, like 10 years ago before I was, you know, um, but it's crazy to see too, how much my style has changed since then. As you said that, I realized that is the video I found you on. Really? <laughs> That's the one. The one I where it was like comparing my old 10 years from now. Yes. 
I'm like, oh, oh my god, god, I gotta see these that. These are my two Pinterest boards. Like the first <laughs> one is all. It was like Liz. It was so funny. It was like. I don't even know, like a hanging mason jar mason with like jar everything. Yes. <laughs> and then it was like, that was it before. And then it's like the new one. And it's like, you know, a lot of like lights and mm-hmm. just like, like twinkle very... lights and whimsical. Yeah. yeah so you really see like your style changes so much over years, but that's why Pinterest is fun too. Cause then like, yes, I never I... would have remembered 11 years ago what I was actually like thinking, oh, that was so cool back then. Like, oh my I God. Look at, like my fashion ones of Pinterest and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's embarrassing. Fun fact about Pinterest, when you pin a pin, it doesn't get reach its full potential until seven months. Wow. Yes. Wow. I feel like Instagram is probably like a day or two, honestly. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's on to something else. If Definitely. you even get a day of it. Yeah. So Pinterest for sure is good long-term content. Um, Instagram, Facebook are relatively short term. Yeah, that is true. That is a good just tip in general for Pinterest and TikTok Mm -hmm. as people that are, you know, some of our listeners are doing personal brands or in marketing. So that was a great little fun fact. I am taking that with me. Yeah. Anyways, congratulations on your engagement. I know we're a little late 2019, but I love your content wedding wise. Also guys, you have to check out her ring. I was just about to say, are we going to talk about the ring? Stunning. It's stunning. Oh my god! Wow! So great! What a good ring! Thank you. He did good. Your your 2011 Pinterest board would be couldn't even imagine. I'm sure. I know. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. This was such a great episode. I feel like it was the perfect start to kick off our how to series. Yes. I cannot wait to see what everyone does. Like I'm feeling so inspired to go do a little revamp of my home, and I know Liz is itching to move (laughs) so she can redo her stuff. Seriously. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was super fun chatting with you girls and I'm so happy to share. And that's like one of the things too, that I, that's why I do what I do is I just love sharing because I want everybody to feel like happy in their space and, you know, love that the life that they're creating for themselves. So um, so yeah, I'm definitely almost, I feel like I'm almost an oversharer. You know, people are always like, Oh, where'd you get that blah blah blah? I'm like, oh, you gotta get it. It's on sale. There was only a couple left. Like, no, sell them out. Same. I'm like, I'll send you the link. Give me your email. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Never know that was your first podcast. You did really amazing. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. This was so great. Well, can you plug all of your stuff so everyone can go find you? We'll have everything everything linked in the show notes. But where can everyone check you out? Um, you can definitely find me on, so I have three major platforms. I have my TikTok platform, my Instagram and my blog. So everything is the same username. It's Liz Lovery on all my accounts. Um, Liz is my blog. Um, and you can find all of my content there. Um, yeah, there's lots of, lots of places. And I have a newsletter. I need to get back on my newsletter. I haven't really been sticking up with that, but yeah, definitely check out Um, my Instagram for a lot of behind the scenes and more like personal life on stories. Um, That's where I kind of bring all of my audience kind of along the ride as I'm creating my content or like actually even help asking your guys' opinions on like, what do you guys think about this? Like, should I do this color or this color? Um, So stories are a lot of fun on Instagram, but definitely I love TikTok because it gives you a longer video. If that makes sense, like it allows you to upload a whole video and still find it easily in the feed it's just a little bit different on Instagram but yeah and uh we absolutely love just your energy and your vibe and I feel like we always are encouraging people to follow 
people that really help build you up and make you feel like you leave Instagram or TikTok or whatever feeling better about yourself and in a better mood. And I feel like Liz does a really great job of that. So definitely go check her out, everyone. And with that, Liz, that was a good one. Let's go get a drink. Can I come for drinks? <laughs> we'll have Liz times two.